The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Kia ora and welcome to Lord Behind the Melodrama, a track-by-track podcast brought to you by the spin-off and Spark about Lord's new album, Melodrama. I'm your host, Henry Oliver, the music editor at the spin-off, and over two afternoons in May, I sat in a boardroom in Auckland and talked to Lord about the lyrics, songwriting and production of her new album, hearing the stories and influences behind every song. In this episode, we discuss liability. What a heartbreaking song. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> it feels silly to even talk about because I'm like, why? I don't know. I guess it's just um, I'm so aware of the thoughts that are so potent in a moment, and then in the lighter day, you're like, all right, I was being a bit of a drama there, but it's all good. I'm over it. Um, but I went and immortalized it, and now everyone <laughs> who talks to me about that song gives me this look like I'm dying of a terminal disease they're just like ah buddy and I'm like ah it's all good it's all good but I think that is um, the nature of writing a record called melodrama they are all these feelings Mm. that are so potent in a moment and I kind of like that they're often fleeting um, and you then immortalize them forever (laughs) it starts with a specificity you know Mm. and then during the song it broadens out to they mm-hmm. and then broadens out further to sort of people you mm-hmm. know and then it goes to your people your all, yes all yeah. of you <laughs> and it's one thing i think to feel that way about a person that you're a, a liability but then um much sadder to to feel that way about <laughs> either a group of people or further still like everybody yeah it is, eh? It's a bit... That's, I mean, that's why it's so... You know, I don't feel like that all the time. But I think that everyone... Everyone has a moment feeling like they are too much for everyone possible. You know, it is... It's so potent. And I will never forget that feeling. It's so crushing and so isolating. And... I don't know. I uh, it's a funny one now because I I wrote it when I was sad and I'm happy now. It's funny to look <laughs> back on, but yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad I wrote it. It uh, it's it's sort of been a bit of a like weird suit of armor. It's been very therapeutic to have written that song, and because it almost felt like I've said everything about myself 
that could possibly hurt me coming from other people. And now it's like, what could, you know, they could repeat those sentiments. They could leave. But I've already said they're all going to leave. So, you know what I mean? It was like I'd sort of uh, written the script for the worst possible outcome. And so it didn't feel that bad anymore. And also because I was so proud of the song, it was like this moment of being like, well, I can turn this really shitty feeling into something that shines, you know, it, it um, felt really special. And to be able to sit like on the edge of a stage and sing it and have people sing it back, it sounds so silly, but it really is very kind of, it's like a force field, you know, it's a cool feeling. Which leads me to the, the bit that I found the sad, the saddest. Yeah. And what really like got me as a, as a listener, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's the, you know, the truth is I'm a toy that people enjoy. Till all of the tricks don't work anymore. And then they are bored of me. Jeez. What a hard art guy, eh? <laughs> There's like a way to be self-depreciating. That's still, right, it's still quite chic, yes. You know, and it's still quite chic, right? <laughs> Which is definitely what I did in the first couple drafts of the song. It, it was very, very cool. Very and one tense. of those ways is like people go, you know, you hear this a lot from famous people that want to be relatable. They say, oh, I'm really boring, you know. And Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Right? I hate it. <laughs> but I am, no. It's no. another step. It's kind of like a step, I think, beyond that mm-hmm. to go, no. People are literally <laughs> bored of me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so intense. And such an intense thing Yeah, um, to share with millions of people. Yeah. I think it's an interesting thing to do in song to, um, to me, that line, you can feel a bunch of people around me and as the line falls, they leave and it's almost like as a listener, you leave, you're in the group that leaves and you can feel the presence of me alone in a room that you were in, that you're now not in because you're bored of that person. And that was super deliberate. Mm. Um, often you stay in the room with the narrator, you know, while people leave. But it, I, I, I liked the um, camaraderie of like being in the group that thinks... I'm a loser because it makes it so sad, you know. Um, and there's a very specific, there's a note missing on the piano in that part. And it just it makes it even more like it sort of, you know, it takes a breath because, you know, it does fall and it's like skipping a step or something. It's falling down the stairs a little bit. Um, yeah, it's such a, um, it's a strange strange bit of songwriting and one that I just like combed for so long because there can't be any dead air in a song like that the second you drop the ball for a line you've broken the spell you know so I went on this much publicized trip to exotic island Waiheke <laughs> to write yes. for a couple of days no, I don't. <laughs> and went there and I just like, sat around and watched Twin Peaks and I basically got like all of six lines out of that trip, but they were like some of the most important pillars of the record. For me, like there are certain sentiments which hold a song and which speak to much more than just, you know, the throwaway part of the song they might be in. Um, And 
the ways in which I get to them are often, you know, with this particular one, I, I wrote probably a thousand words before I'd whittled down to every perfect summer's eating me alive, you know, until you're gone. And the sentiment originally was, you know, every perfect summer ends up eating me alive in the end. And that's sort of, it's almost like that's the line that my entire career has been in conversation with, you know. It's about crystallizing the idea of the perfect summer and showing just how it's your life, for better or for worse, you know. I, I I have a literal fixation with summer in my work and on this record, you know, because it is this magic time and it also, you know, is a metaphor for youth and and I I really am so proud of that moment in that song and it's like, it's not even, it's like it's a traveling line, you know, <laughs> you're on the way somewhere else, but yeah. it's like in the middle of the, it's in the middle of the phrase, but that to me is like, you know, those are the moments where I'm like, oh, I wasn't doing that with pure heroin. You know, I, there was no every perfect summer's eating me alive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, it's a it's a funny song, but I, uh, I'm 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 pumped on it. I guess. How do you get to a song like that? You know, you have these lines, and that's the best expression of them in your head. Um, or are you like, I want to do a kind of piano song and then go into the studio and go like, hey, let's do a piano song. You know, I've got these parts or like things like that don't just spring out of thin air. Totally. Well, no, especially not for me because I typically do not gravitate towards a piano vocal. I've never written a ballad in my life. You know, it was bizarre territory for me to be in. Um, I mean, that one, it's funny that the writing of it is actually like, it's hip hop to the phrasing and the cadence, you know. Um, it started off as this weird, like, chanted thing, and and even the everyone felt like something out of a hip hop song or a pop song, you know. And yeah. I like that. You've got these like falling chords that are so classic, like you can literally sing. A John Henley song over them. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter. Or, you know, a, uh, a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song over them. Like, it, uh, they're so classic. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was sort of like this bizarre place I'd never been before. That one, we, um, we started a lot of songs on the record at the piano. It was more that that one just never left the piano. We started writing it and we tried all these different contexts for it. And then kind of early on, we were like, there's no other world for this except like basically a live take. Because I just sat in Jack's house and um, that's mostly a live take on both of our parts. Um, It was just kind of the only way it would feel cool, which is weird because when is piano and vocal ever felt cool? Um, Yeah, no, some songs definitely were much more... um, I want it to be like this. I have this idea for it. I've got all these parts and, um, you know, and they manifested as such. But that one, I definitely had growing pains with it. And at first I was that felt very, I rejected it a little bit. You know, it was my baby that I didn't love. I was like, you know, this is weird. And eventually, initially I kind of wanted it to, um, to actually be a skit on the record, like a rap skit. Um, I My idea for it was to get like, fancy sound designer to basically put us in a party 
and for me to walk away from the party down the hall and shut the door into a room and basically deliver a verse and chorus of liability and then have someone be like come on get, get out what are you doing you know some, have someone call out and for me to be like I'm coming and to, to walk out of that room and the listener stays in that room for a second and then it's the next song and I love the idea of just that weird little moment of theatre but we sort of did that without the skit anyway yeah it was there was definitely a process of me being like how can I be okay with having written this like weird classic piano song I need to frame it in all these different ways until eventually I was just like, oh no, it's just got to be the way it is. It's probably fine. <laughs> you're a liability. You're a little much for me. You're going to watch me disappear into the sun. <laughs> and then you're all going to watch me disappear into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Who are they? Who's watching you disappear? And and I guess it was... Um, the same people that pull back and make other plans are kind of the people that I'm talking to. But also it, it was everyone as well. I, I felt like, you know, it is a very like me against the world type song and it sort of felt quite funny to me to um, just throw my arm out and include everyone right at the end. Um, because I think having an audience is like quite a, complex experience it's like the most amazing thing in the world and it's also like I mean I guess it's probably like having children like they're complicated like facets to like being a parent and weirdly I feel like having an audience sometimes you just need a second you know <laughs> you just like yeah. want it to be you know there are just moments where you fleetingly kind of wish for something else so I feel like that was, and in the context of that song, I think it kind of makes sense. And it's very, again, very melodrama to say, you're all going to watch me disappear into the sun. You're going to watch me disappear into the sun. You're all going to watch me disappear into the sun. This podcast is produced for the spin-off by Jana Winter and Henry Oliver, recorded and edited by Jana, with additional recording by Jose Barbosa. Like all of the spin-off's music content, Lord, Behind the Melodrama, is brought to you by Spark. Listen to all the music you love, including melodrama, on Spotify Premium, free with all of Spark's pay-monthly mobile plans. Find more spin-off podcasts on iTunes or wherever else you get these things. For more from the spin-off, go to thespinoff.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.